My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the word. Twice in the the last decade, we here at the Newman Catholic Center here in Montclair State have been fortunate to have a Vatican-trained exorcist by the name of Father Vincent Lampert with us to to share his experiences in a public lecture. We had it up in University Hall, and it was fascinating to see how huge the interest was in this topic. Both times we hosted it, the whole conference center was filled. There was over 700 people. It was by far the largest event that we've ever sponsored. People were, were riveted and understandably freaked out with all these stories of heads spinning and bodies levitating, and people speaking in these unknown languages or with a completely different voice, or sometimes bodies crawling up the wall like a spider. But they were even more impressed by Father Lampert's faith and how calm and confident he was sharing these experiences. He was in no way glamorizing the evil things that he had encountered and and confronted in his role as an exorcist. And no matter how bizarre or dramatic the story, Father Vince was unimpressed by these, these tricks of the devil and saying, Jesus was and is far more powerful, that faith in him is always victorious, and that was the thing that was and is most impressive that he wanted us to to leave those nights remembering. Sadly, though, my ulterior motives in hosting the event were not realized. Hopes that the hundreds who had come out in the middle of the week for the two-plus hours at night for this lecture would make their way to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, recognizing how long it had been since they had been to confession, and then maybe doing something about that, or start coming to Mass on Sunday night, didn't happen. Perhaps there's some truth to the line that philosophers and poets and popes have said and been paraphrasing over the last century or so that says the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Some, for whatever reasons, remain unsure about the devil or question the reality of evil, although there seems to be plenty of examples of it around our world, and that the influences that continue to today, they came to the lecture out of curiosity, but remained somewhat unconvinced. But worse were the great numbers of people who did attend who were raised Catholic, and while they were making the sign of the cross as they heard these different stories and seemed appropriately nervous about some of the things they heard, it seemed that many of them believe that they're powerless or that there's nothing they can do about evil, that it's just there in their lives and and around the world. 
Father Lampert shared an example of that attitude from his own experiences. A family had contacted him that one of their uh, youngest daughters was having a difficulty. She was being terrorized by these visions of demons. So this family reaches out to find him, an exorcist. Only like one of about a hundred in the whole United States of them make his way to go visit this family at their home. And as he's spending time in their home and talking with them, he said he couldn't help but notice that on their, the computer screen was the screensaver that had these images of demonic creatures on it. And then as you looked at their entertainment center on like the shelves, there was filled with all these violent computer games right there out in the open. So Father Lampert said, well, an obvious first step was that you might need to change your screensaver and get rid of some of these games. And family argued back, well, games cost a lot of money, and they're fun, and they're harmless. When Father Lampert pointed out, they had invited him, an exorcist, into their home, and it seemed that they, they simply wanted him just to fix their daughter, just say some prayers, throw some holy water, make everything better, rather than recognizing that the images and the games were pulling them, their family, their home, their daughter, into some things of darkness. They wouldn't hear of it. In fact, they asked them to leave. It was amazing to hear that. How could they be so blind, so resistant, so hesitant? But are we any different? Do we recognize that we are in a spiritual battle And are we ready and willing to engage in this fight against sin and against evil, against Satan and his demons or not? That's the question that we're hit with on this this first Sunday of Lent, because despite the watered down, nice version of Christianity where people incorrectly think that Jesus is just primarily focused on loving our neighbors and turning the other cheek, the reality is much more pointed and direct, as he says in those closing words of the scripture we just heard. Repent and believe in the gospel. This scripture from the gospel of Mark is considered the oldest of the gospels. And Mark saw such primacy to this that these are the very first words that Jesus speaks in that gospel. Up until that point, in the 14 verses that preceded it, We had the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist, where God the Father's voice is amazingly heard. And he says of Jesus, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Then Jesus goes into the desert to pray and fast and to reflect on this clarity of his identity and of his mission for 40 days and 40 nights. See, that's where we get the whole Lent thing from. And curiously, right in the midst of that, we read that Jesus was tempted by Satan. Those three little words say a lot. Satan's arrogance is amazing. That Satan would even make the attempt on Jesus. Jesus, being fully divine and fully human, experiences the fullness of our human experience, including free will. And Satan has had a pretty successful track record from the first of human beings, Adam and Eve, of getting nearly every human being to fall to some extent to his temptations. So he attempts to to tempt Jesus. Satan is defeated in this desert confrontation, just as he's defeated every time he comes face to face with Jesus. 
most definitively on Easter Sunday, where his seeming victory of Good Friday with Jesus' death on the cross is completely upended as Jesus is risen from the dead. But that's only intensified Satan and his demons' hatred for God and towards the things of God, most especially us, who are made in God's image and likeness. And that's why this, this first Sunday of Lent, this gospel, is so crucial, as is the reality of this spiritual war that we're engaged with, whether we want to believe it's happening or not. And as Jesus says those words, repent and believe in the gospel, He's telling us the fight is real and it's game on time. He's calling out every one of us to have a radical transformation of our priorities. And that transformation flies in the face of conventional wisdom that says we can do whatever we want. No one has the right to tell us anything. And we are, in fact, gods of ourselves. We might think we don't actually think or act like that, but if we're really honest with ourselves, we might find that struggle and that that tension within is more real than we care to admit. Repenting means that we're called to live a life more than by that unspecified generic category of being a good person, whatever that means. How often do we hear people say or even say to ourselves, I'm a good person, as they explain why they could do whatever the sinful thing is, or push back and say, well, who is they or who is anyone to tell me what to do? Repenting means even recognizing that there are things called sins. Repenting means rejecting all the sins that we continue to succumb to, especially those promising pleasure, whether it's alcohol and drugs or promiscuity and pornography. Repenting means taking the Ten Commandments as commandments and not suggestions. Repenting means seeing the seven deadly sins as deadly. And to back up, if we're not even aware of what those things are, I've never even heard of them, to to look that up and to recognize pride, lust, gluttony, greed, sloth or laziness, anger or wrath and envy are deadly sins. Repenting means making a good and thorough examination of conscience, and then, yes, making a good and complete, thorough confession. Jesus gives us the remedy of healing of all of our sins in the sacrament of reconciliation, yet so few ever utilize it, thinking they don't need it, where the reality is that every single one of us does, including me personally. That's why I have to make sure I go to confession at least once a month. We do all those things that fall under that first word, repent, Because of the second part, we believe in the gospel. We believe Jesus has come to save us from these things. Jesus has come to save us from sin and from death. Jesus has come to give us the way, the truth, the life, out of the brokenness of this world and back into the fullness of what God intended, which is for each and every one of us to hear the Father call us his beloved. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. 99.99% of us would never need an exorcist, even here at Montclair State University. I promise you that. But every single one of us needs confession. Every single one of us needs the Eucharist. Every single one of us needs Jesus. May we make this Lent the Lent. We take Jesus' word seriously.
that we get into the fight that's going on, whether we want to acknowledge it's happening or not, to repent and believe in the gospel.